The four A's is dedicated to supporting agencies and creative companies through leadership and community for our industry. We're passionate supporters of the work small agencies do across America and the role of the Small Agency Planner Parlay in helping strategists get fueled on creativity, commerce, and culture, all moving strategy and the industry forward. For more information on the many benefits of being a 4A's member, try aaaa.org to find out how our industry authority can be there for you. And now, the Planner Parlay. Welcome to Planner Parlay, a show where we come together under a flag of truce to talk about small agency planning. It's been quite a season. From hacks to wallow pits to looking into the future, we've covered a lot of ground and uncovered loads of tips and tricks for agency planners and strategists. In this week's episode, join Truth Collective's Director of Experience, Josh Kuhn, and of course, CSO John Roberts, as they reflect on season one of the Planner Parlay podcast and remind us all what strategic planning means for small agencies. Pull up a chair and listen in. So, John, welcome back to Planner Parlay. This has been an exciting road for you. What a season. What a season indeed, and all of this podcasting magic. This is your first time really digging into this as a medium. So give our audience some thoughts. What did you think of uh, becoming a podcaster? It was more enjoyable than I thought it would be. Fundamentally, still always going to be flawed by no one likes hearing the sound of their own voice. However, what I loved, loved about podcasting was it gave me a fantastic opportunity to just chat and hang out and learn from some really smart people from across all of our business and without doing the podcast i wouldn't have had that opportunity so that was great there were several themes that were discussed throughout the the course of the show but one of the, the biggest themes one of the reasons why you wanted to do this is the whole idea of parlay so tell our audience a little bit about kind of where parlay came from sure josh you know it's funny looking back parlay began oh probably about six years ago just honestly on a really local level when I started uh, understanding that as a strategist that I spent most of my time in uh, relatively small agencies in not major metros, it's really hard connecting with other strategists. Literally, there may not be many, if any, within the shop, within your own company or within the town. So I started Parlay as a way to find out who is around. How do people think? What do they think? How can we share? How can we fundamentally grow and learn from each other? All was ticking along great, and then uh, the four A's started getting more and more involved. We found that at Stratfest, which is a fantastic annual event, but at the same time, it was a common recurring theme that I was meeting many small agency planners like I, where we felt as though we wanted also to have our own forum. There's a reality of when you work in a small agency that, sure, we don't want to be constrained by size in terms of the power and the strength of the work that we can do, but there are some physical and financial and geographic limitations. So Parley was a way of actually amplifying that and helping all of us, all of us strategists across the states, get together, learn and share. So that was the intention of Parley. And when we started the podcast, it was a way of another forum to try and get other great planners to learn and to share with each other. And it's interesting for me, Scott. McLeod from uh, VIA, who's actually one of our very first guests, him with Shannon, talking about the notion of parlay and what matters to us as planners and why share. And uh, I love the way that he brought alive his perspective of what parlay meant to him and how it helped him and the work that he did. Let's give that a listen. Parlay to me, it's all about kind of openness and vulnerability. Like 
you know, you're kind of in a world where a lot of times things are proprietary and you're trying to, you know, as a planner, keep your secret sauce to yourself. I mean, it's really interesting to be able to talk about topics that are kind of on your mind with people that are thinking about the same kinds of things. So it's been it's been super productive and I think a really interesting forum to improve upon kind of what we do as strategists, but also just to hear about the trials and tribulations and and failures and successes of, you know, everybody that's trying to do the magical thing that we all do. So you had so many great guests on the show throughout the course of season one, and there were so many tips and tricks that were shared. We can't possibly name them all, but what were a few that really jump out in your memory? Yeah, great. And, you know, there were so many. We actually ran one of the podcasts we had was actually around strategy hacks. Ed Carton and CJ Gaffney from here in town were talking about strategy hacks that worked for them. And there were a couple of things that I thought were really powerful, but also, frankly, really, really simple. Ed talked about how um, one of the aspects we should really think hard about and push harder as strategists to get better at what we do is use our team. Use the team to actually help inform the work that you do. Here's actually how he said it. Use your team. You know, I think that's a, it's sort of obvious for people in small agencies sometimes that uh, you have a team around you, but are you, are you all so involved in your own worlds that you don't get together? I think that's sort of like the initial uh, getting into the hack you almost want to get you want to get four or five people that you're working with and you know into a room and you just want to you want to beat the idea around a bit and see what might be an interesting way of going i think a lot of great hacks are just that they're the they're the initial match uh, that you know lights the spark or you know the starter's pistol to get things going they're usually not you know the end all be all in terms of you know how you arrive at a you know well baked strategy or point of view, but I think that's it's, it's always a great starting point. I think that's why it's helpful to have a lot of different hacks in your bag of tricks. And you know, we were just talking, Josh, about how tips and tricks were pervasive throughout. Uh, another episode was actually around scrappy research. So it's a fantastic conversation with people like uh, with Gunny Scarfo and Brent Snyder when they were talking about the power of research today and how we need to get smarter and more inventive in what we do. And I took away some tips from that. Uh, I took away some thoughts about how do we actually use research. And Gunny summed it up in such a powerful way, I wanted to share this clip. The single most provocative thing in creative is feeling the uncensored human truth of people's everyday lives. We insist on starting with a question, with a well-worded question. Uh, we call it the burning question which is something that the client admits that they don't know. And were they to know it, it would have a profound effect on their business. So John, you're, you're a seasoned planning veteran. You've been, you've been at this a while. Oh, what um, do you mean? I, that's not what I mean. But if, if you want to insert that in, it's fine. Um, but so you had the opportunity to talk with planners from all over the country. And what about your perception of the role of the planner changed or new insights came through kind of in the process of the show it struck me as we went through the season actually that time and time again i learned and got refreshed on the role of planners by so many different planners from all literally all over the country okay from st louis out in vegas with sarah talking about things and down in new york when we had the comms planning and here's a couple of things i took away 
The world of planning is changing, and of course, we're always investigating, exploring what what type of planner am I? What type of strategist? But there's a really important thing I think about what style of strategist are we that came through loud and clear. I also loved. Uh, just picking up on that thread where Steve Cazell talked about thinking about planning in a very different manner. He thinks about being a planner as a mutt. And I love that thought. So I just find myself looking forward as we near the end of the year and start thinking about where things are going next year, really leaning into and embracing that idea of being a strategy mutt and and maybe to draw that metaphor out a little bit more, you know, what are all the things that mutts don't have to suffer from that, that purebreds do, you know, like typically they're hardier, they, they don't suffer the same sort of, you know, uh, hip dysplasias and, and things like that. So maybe maybe we're a hardier breed in our muddishness and, and I take some solace and comfort in that and it's, it's encouraging for me going into a new year. You know, we spent a whole podcast talking about the future strategy with uh, chief editor from Walk, Random Perno, who was a strategist now client side. And we talked all about the future. But what really struck me from that and all of the many roles of planners that we play, there's a common theme that needs to come through. We need to be the champions of clarity. Adam expressed it in this way. Lack of clarity to me where it impacts uh, strategists and planners is really the poor defining of the problem itself. And so I have this sticky note that has been on tacked to my wall for I don't know, maybe 10 years that says, what is the real problem we're trying to solve? So we've talked about many flavors, many styles, many forms of planners. Uh, we spent a whole pod talking about comms planning. Communications planning is something that's been around for an age, but very few people do it really, really well. Uh, I love the way that Julian touched upon things. In fact, that's been his bread and butter and his brilliance at doing comms planning. And he talked about some of the frustrations he had with communications planning now. Actually, death to the journey was how he said it. I think consumer journeys are a waste of time. They are like a bit of strategy wank, really. Eight times out of 10, I think when you're thinking a consumer journey, you can probably skip straight to a communications framework, which is what are the different messages we need to say? What are the barriers we're solving? That's really interesting about comms planning. What was it about the comms planning pod you did? Like, talk a little bit, a little bit more about what you learned through that episode. Yeah, sure. There are so many different ways and shapes and forms of thinking about comms planning, as you just heard from Julian, some of his passion around it, about what not to do. But I really love the way that uh, Melissa and then Eric actually picked up on a whole discussion around the role of comms planning. And Eric expressed it in a really great manner about how we can be better at what we do through communications planning. Listen to this. You know, I really look at it as one piece of the pie. And so I, you know, we can hone in on that one piece. So if you're talking about paid advertising, but not, you know, not necessarily, John, because I know that you and Truth do a lot of content pieces, you do a lot of social, and those are all different pieces of the pie. So as a, as a discipline of, of what Eric and I and, and people like us are trying to do, we're trying to look at the pie as a whole and then hone in on individual pieces of that pie and really figure out how that specific piece is going to do its its job best. And how about you, Eric? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I, I can't beat that as a definition, but maybe a metaphor is one of a sports team. Have you ever seen a bunch of six-year-olds play soccer? Mm-hmm. Foot, football for you, John. Soccer. Thank you. A bunch of six-year-olds are out there. They're on the field. The ball goes over into one corner and 
every single kid on both sides of the ball just swarm after that ball. And the ball goes over here and ever, all the kids, even the goalies are out there trucking after the ball. And that's kind of, if you don't do the due diligence that Melissa's talking about, if you don't sort of carve out the specific roles that each specific channel is meant to play that are separate and distinct from each other, then you end up playing soccer like a bunch of six-year-olds. If you play soccer like grown-ups, certain channels play offense, certain play defense, certain certain of them aren't applicable against this business problem today on this field. And and others are just bit players, some are stars. And so like that as a metaphor works well for me. So culture is a topic, agency culture, that has really come up a lot throughout the show because it's such an important part of how creative people work, how planners work, um, how work is produced. So John, tell us a little bit about culture and what you learned throughout the course of the episodes. Yeah, that takes me back to the Julian Cole, Mark Pollard pod, which we focused supposedly on culture. And actually we did spend quite a lot of time chatting about it and many other things, as you can imagine. Was one of them a wallow pit? One of them was the wallow pit. So we got into this riff when we were actually talking about culture and the role of a planner to create the culture, not just expect it to happen. And that started me off on one of the, the problems I have with strategists and strategies. It's too often it's the hashtag wallow pit. It matters because if we approach the culture of the ability to throw everything in, be negative, be evasive, um, be unclear, a wallow pit, then we're not creating the culture and we're not having an agency environment where the role of strategy reinforces the positive aspect of culture. Mark talked about it as the, the fuck yeah rainbow cannon. Now, I'm not sure that can actually be trademarked, but I loved to think about it. Listen to this clip about the discussion we had. See what you think. I've said for many a year, I'm a chief strategy officer and I get confused by strategy because it feels like a big wallow pit where... Anything that anyone's uncertain about or volume of opinion, they can throw it all in and we call it strategy. If strategy is a wallow pit and you just dump your grievances and all your concerns, isn't it much better if it's like this cannon on the top of a hill and it's like just booming out fuck yeahs, like rainbow fuck yeahs. It's a rainbow fuck yeah cannon. There you go. Yeah, I think that strategists can fall into the wallow pit too easily themselves and be like, woe is me and oh, my agency doesn't respect strategists and this is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. I think we need to jump out of the wallow pit into the fuck yeah cannon. And the way you do that, in my honest opinion, and the one thing you should do is start building that case study, that one presentation mm. that shows the power of strategy. And you can bring examples from external. You can show, hey, here's when strategy worked for other agencies. And one other thing about culture it comes back to that positive aspect. I know it's hard. Okay, I've been in many agencies where you need to actually create the planning environment, create the planning discipline, let alone the culture where it's valued. But it struck me again through many of our conversations during the course of the season that the role of a planner is to be the optimist. The role of the plan is to create the potential for great work. That has to be on a positive, dynamic, upbeat expression. It can't be just an attitude, okay? It's not all about being Pollyanna and smiling and giggling and laughing all the time. But also think about how do you create the culture by actually creating artifacts? And I loved how Julian used that as a way for him to build a really successful role for planning, no matter which agency he was in, by thinking about the artifacts. Think about what the outcome 
of planning is within your agency and use that to reinforce the role within the agency. Here's how he said it. The first is you need to create like artifacts that they will see come up time and time again. So for me at BBDO, I can only speak to my own experience, but I know this is different in all, all different places. We created two documents that would always turn up in every client presentation, which was a comms framework and a blueprint, which was like a communication architecture. And creating that consistent language, people understood what they were getting, what output they were getting. And that's the important thing. The, the flip of culture is talent. Because, I mean, people are what make culture. The people are what are creating the work. And we had some really good discussions throughout the season about talent. So, John, what really stood out for you kind of in this topic? And, and throw in some, some thoughts. What were some of your favorites? Yeah, cool. You know, it takes me back to the, uh, we had a pod with Yusuf Chuku and Beth Egan. So both of them were able to talk about the role and rise of talent and what to look for from a very nascent entry point level beth is you know a professor at newhouse school so for planners coming into the industry and yusuf has been around has the best giggle ever by the way but also he was talking about the passion that needs to come through and at the heart of it that was really 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 important and i mean really important planners will only be successful if they can demonstrate an absolute passion and commitment for the craft for the work for the business that we're in and with an ability to have an outcome, to actually be able to deliver something as well and take pride not just in what you're delivering, but in the world that you live. Here's how Yusuf talked about it, what he looks for in a banner. One of the things I look for in a more senior talent is a love for the craft. Like you can tell people they're just really into this and, and, and care about it. And, and it's so important to develop that. So actually, can we just expand on that? Because I think we've been talking a lot about finding and nurturing talent and our bias, of course, is always towards the younger talent. But Yusuf talked about fresh talent earlier. What more do you look for, Yusuf, when you when you think about fresh talent, which isn't necessarily entry level or coming into the industry for, for you know, the first couple of years in? Yeah, I, th- there's a um, there's a level of nerdiness that I kind of I kind of like. I like it when people are into stuff. It helps if they're into what we do, but also just being into stuff. Like you, um, you care enough or are passionate about something to kind of um, want to get better at it. But I, I uh, it's, it's, it's the, the, there is actually another piece actually um, around craft, which is I, I also look for people to know how to get better at stuff. So as much as you can have a, a healthy disregard for how things have been done in the past, um, you at the same time need to understand that you can learn from how things have been done in the past and actually do it better <laughs> rather than just dismiss it out of hand. And so people that kind of are able to demonstrate that kind of um, are in a good position to, to be hired. Diversity is also a topic that is just so important. It's important to agencies everywhere and everybody's struggling to make sure that they're doing the right things. So. Tell us a little bit about kind of diversity and how it came up and some of the things that are out there to help. We talked about it a little bit with uh, Yusuf and Beth, but then we had a whole pod talking about it with Molly Rosen and Alicia, uh, Alicia Page from the 4As. There is so much help the 4As can give all of us on fundamentally finding ways to overcome the challenges we all face with a very undiverse world that we live in. 
What I really liked about it when Alicia came at it was the fact of, again, it repeatedly struck me of things that we're doing here at Truth, but also don't, don't think you have to be perfect, but start. And don't think just because the fact you've started, you're done. I would also say that the layers of diversity have become a lot more clear. Now I think about diversity less as a, a problem of just racial uh, discrimination, but there are layers. This is an intersectional problem. So now whenever we think about diversity, we don't just think about race. We think about sexual orientation. We think about faith. We think about gender and other types of discrimination that people might experience whenever they're entering into the workforce. So our diversity and inclusion strategies have had to get a little bit broader and a little bit deeper to ensure that every person has equitable access to opportunity whenever they're seeking out diverse talent because we have contacts with universities across the United States, including over 100 historically black colleges and universities and minority serving institutions. So we're already actively recruiting, screening, and interviewing candidates that are generally prepared to start working in an agency within six months of completing their fellowship. So we've got the talent and many of them are picking strategy as their first or second discipline and they are hungry for jobs, they are excited, they have a lot of great experience under their belt before they even arrive at the agency application stage. But the real key is just making sure that Whenever the resume comes through, they're seen, they're taken seriously, and that there aren't other factors that hold them back. What are other mistakes you feel that you've experienced from agencies that we we need to not make or need to get across, overcome? I think one is what you stated, which is feeling like you have to have it perfect versus just feeling like you need to get started and taking baby steps. So I think, you know, one of my one of the things I think and it applies to probably everything that's happening in our industry is, you know, calibrate, 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 iterate, 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 and try it again. I would say what comes to mind for me is putting the onus on diverse candidates to be the diversity in the room and to create the strategy and to fix the problems. I recognize that there are people in the advertising industry who didn't necessarily, um, you know, major in in diversity or in inclusion or in HR, but I think that we all have a responsibility to acknowledge the strain that it creates whenever you hire diverse talent without preparing the environment accordingly. So you just did our first clip show, looking back at a whole season, and uh, it was you had so many great, great guests on, John. You know, I learned so much from all of them. You've been great. Quick, big shout out to Scott, Shannon, Steve, Sarah, Adam, Kathy, Yusuf, Beth, Eric, Melissa, Ed, CJ, Gunny, Brent, Julian, Mark, Molly, and of course, Alicia. That is a whole bunch of people. And if anybody's coming in on this episode, if this is your first episode of Planner Parlay, what are you doing? Download the rest of those episodes. Listen to all of those names and all of that knowledge that you can be learning from. So, so get back at those past episodes. And... Of course, you'll see in each one, we couldn't have done this without the four A's. You're so right, Josh. So big shout out to the four A's. They're here for all of us. And I've learned that over the last couple of years about what more they can do. And I figured the best way to close out our season one was hear about how Molly Rosen of the four A's, what's her wish for 2020 on how they can help us strategists. Listen in. My wish for 2020 is that all members are uh, so engaged with us that we are just overrun with member requests and, and needs. 
nothing would make us happier than to know that um, our members are utilizing us to the fullest to advance their businesses uh, on behalf of their people and on behalf of their clients. Excellent. And this pod's going to help start that flow.